Well, good morning. Everyone having a good morning so far? Listen, there is no better place you can be right now than worshiping together. And even if you're sitting at home in your living room or those of us that are gathered here, there is no better place that we can be. There's nothing bigger going on today. Do you believe that? Last night, I was putting Charlie to bed. Every night, I have the, the task of putting Charlie to bed. Um, he, he's number three out of four. And every night, I, I say a prayer with him, and then I lay there until he falls asleep. And, and last night, before I said the prayer, I said, Charlie, tomorrow's a big day. You know what's tomorrow, right? See, Charlie's a Bucks fan. And so I thought that, you know, he would be excited about what's going to happen today, the Super Bowl. And I caught myself... And I realized that the Super Bowl is far from the biggest thing that's going to happen today. The biggest thing that's going to happen today is the people of God coming together to worship God, to be transformed by God, and to become more like Jesus so that we can continue to work and restore the world around us. Football is great. Listen, there are probably very few people in this room that are bigger fans of football than me. I love football, but it's nothing compared to what God is doing in this world. And today, I, I just, it, the, the theme of this message is this. Get in the game. Get in the game. Our, our vision statement is upward, outward, forward. Over the last few years, we've been working through our vision. So upward means that every person that walks through the doors of this church, we want them to grow closer to Jesus, to become more like Jesus, that we're not content just coming and showing up, but that we want every person to become more like Jesus. Outward is that we are going to go out, we're going to take out and live out God's commandments to make a difference in our community, to bring people to Jesus. And forward, that we are going to invest not just now, but in the future of the kingdom. We're going to invest in those that are coming behind us. We want to make sure that God's kingdom continues to grow. And so upward, it, this last year we, we put together a team that, that looked at this vision and said, what does it look like for us to live this vision? out over the next five or so years. And one of the things that came out of that was that this year, 2021, we were really going to focus on the first part of the vision, upward. We're going to focus on doing our very best to provide every opportunity for you to grow closer to Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about a huge part of that. We're going to talk about a word that's used a lot in the church and it's used in a lot of different ways. Today we're going to talk about discipleship. And, and the theme of this message is get in the game. So there's a big game. There's the Super Bowl. How many of you are going to watch the Super Bowl? Wow, okay. All right, let me, let's try that again. I think some of you might be lying. How many of you are going to watch the Super Bowl? Okay, how many of you think that the Chiefs are going to win tonight? Raise your hand. All right, how many of you think the Bucks are going to win tonight? How many of you didn't know that the Chiefs and the Bucks were playing and you don't really care who wins? Okay, so we're, we're about, you know, a third of the people there. The Super Bowl is one of my favorite nights of the year. I love having Super Bowl parties. I love getting together and watching the big game all season. We've watched as teams played for that final prize of winning the championship. For the first few games of the season, we watch and hope that the Bengals might have a shot and... And then the rest of the season, we watch all the other teams. Good news, I think we're getting there. But, but this is a huge game. But, but I, have a, I have a big prediction for tonight. I am completely confident that this is going to happen tonight. 
a group of people that are very talented are going to play a football game. About a hundred or so people that are the most talented in the world are going to play football and there's going to be a group of coaches and people that are a part of those teams that know a lot about football and they're going to be coaching and impacting the game. So we've got a group of maybe a hundred to 150 people that are actually playing and a part of the game, right? There are going to be millions of people tonight that are watching that might know a lot about the game, they might know every player, they might know the stats, they might even think that they know what should happen. This is something we do, they call this the armchair quarterback in football. The person that sits back and thinks they know everything, and so every time the coach makes a decision or the player makes the wrong play, we say, come on, you should have done this. But the reality is there's 100 or 150 people that are actually playing the game and the rest of us are just spectators. We can know as much as we want to about sports. We can know as much as we want to about the Chiefs and the Bucks, but we are not playing the game. Unfortunately, sometimes I think we view faith the same way that we view watching football. Sometimes we equate having a faith in God, being a Christian, to spectating what's happening in the world around us. There are far too many times where we equate being a Christian with what we know. But the reality is this, when we talk about discipleship today, this is what I'm talking about, that God doesn't just want us to know, to have all the knowledge, God wants us to get in the game and be a part of what God's doing in the world around us. Listen, I got some bad news for you. How many of you love football? How many of you wish you could play in a Super Bowl? I'm I'm not gonna, I would love to play in the Super Bowl. I got bad news for you. You're never gonna play in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Some of you young people, I don't wanna speak that over you. Maybe there's some young people here that, but but most of us, I know Tom Brady's like 70 years old. But, but most of us, that ship has sailed. We are not going to play in the Super Bowl. But let me tell you something more important. I said it earlier. The biggest thing that's happening today is not a football game. It's what God is doing to redeem and restore the world around us. And the good news is this. While you may never play in the Super Bowl, you are called, you are gifted, you were created to be a part of the biggest thing that's happening today or any day. And that's God's transformation of this world. We got to get in the game. Christians are not called to be spectators. We are called to be active participants, to be disciples. A couple quotes that stood out to me as I studied for this sermon. One is from Dietrich Bonhoeffer who has an amazing story. He says, a Christianity without discipleship is a Christianity without Christ. In other words, if we aren't becoming disciples and discipling others, if we aren't actively participating in discipleship, we're missing the whole point of it. Another quote that I found in a book is from Bill Hall. It's, the book is Conversion and Discipleship. He says, some believe you can have conversion without discipleship. In other words, some believe that you can just be a spectator. You can know but not actively participate in discipleship. I believe that the proof of conversion is discipleship. 
I want you to understand today, there is no place in God's kingdom for sitting around, being comfortable, and just knowing God's desire, God's plan for each and every one of us is that we will be a part of what he's doing in this world. And that happens as we are discipled, as we disciple others. John chapter 1 is what we're going to look at over the next two weeks. John chapter 1, verse 35 to 51. And what this is, is this is the story of Jesus putting together his team, his disciples. These are a couple of these instances. And I want us to look at what is discipleship, what are we called into, and learn from Jesus putting his team together. John chapter 1, verse 35. The next day, John was there again with his two disciples, When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? That's an odd question. Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Now, most people believe that one of these two disciples was the writer, John. He's very specific. He gives a lot of details. But Jesus says, come and see where I'm staying. And so they follow. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will now be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. Peter, one of the people that we hear the most about from the disciples, he's the most outspoken, he's the most boisterous, he's always in the forefront of everything. This is when he encounters Jesus. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one that Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. I I love this response. This is a great response. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Listen to these words. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see even greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open up and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So here we've got the story of Jesus building his team. We're using this theme of of the game and what's happening. And Jesus is building his team because God's plan to redeem and restore the world around us is discipleship. And so here we see the disciples coming to Jesus, following Jesus. 
This is a big deal. This is something, think about this for a second. This happening, Jesus calling these disciples was the beginning of something that leads to us being here today. If God's plan hadn't been this, we may not be here today. But God's plan was for Jesus to invest in disciples who would then invest in disciples who would then invest in disciples. And you go on down the line, and here we are. God's plan was to call these guys into discipleship and to call them to get in the game. So who are these guys? Who are these disciples? You probably have heard their names. You've probably seen their names on churches. You've probably seen their pictures in stained glass windows. These are the disciples. You know, we put them up here, right? The reality is this. These men that we're reading about, the disciples of Jesus that we hold in such high esteem, and listen, I'm not trying to tarnish their name at all, but these disciples are ordinary, average men. That's all they are. These were not the elite religious people. These were not the, just the, the most eloquent, best people that Jesus could find. This wasn't a campaign that Jesus was looking to cherry pick the best and the best. These are average, everyday men who fished. And Jesus finds them, and Jesus calls them to get into the game I want you to understand today that a lot of times in the church we use the excuse or we feel inadequate and we we think that God can't use us because we are too ordinary or too average. I want to make the case today that there was nothing special about these men. These men that are immortalized, that are in stained glass windows, that have churches named after them, there's nothing special about them other than this. They followed Jesus, they were disciples of Jesus, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they got in the game. So we now are a part of what has happened. Discipleship is not just for the religious elite, it's for all of us. We are all called to be disciples. We have everything we need to be disciples of Jesus, to be a part of God's work in the world around us. And that happens through discipleship. One of the most well-known scriptures is Jesus' great commission to the disciples. Later on, Jesus would tell these very disciples, he would say this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, I know a lot of you have probably heard this text over and over again, but I just want to point out a few words here. Therefore, go and make what? Disciples. I don't believe that God's plan was to make a bunch of observers or or even, this is a, a good term, but believers who sit on the sideline. God's plan was that they, the disciples, would go and make other disciples, and who would they make it of? Just the best? Just the elite? Just the people that earned it? No, go and make disciples of all nations. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then listen to this, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. God's plan was for the disciples to make disciples, and those disciples would look like Jesus, and they would make disciples who would look like Jesus and would be obedient to Jesus, and here we are, all nations. God's calling for you and me is to be disciples of Jesus. And not observers, not just believers. You are a part of this calling. So let's talk about what does it mean to be a disciple. I want you to walk away from here not questioning what you should do, but I want you to understand exactly what you are called to do. Four things. Number one, discipleship is a call to know Jesus. Discipleship is a call to know Jesus. A lot of times we make the, the mistake of thinking that our faith is all about knowing Jesus, but it is a part of it. The reality of it is this, that as a disciple, we should know Jesus. We should know Jesus more and more as we grow. We should know who he is. We should know what he's all about. In verse 36, we see, we see John look at Jesus, Jesus passing by, and he says, look, that's the Lamb of God right there. And these other two disciples, Andrew and John, we presume John, they, they already have some clue who this is because the reality is this, John the Baptist spent his whole life pointing to Jesus. So if these were John the Baptist's disciples, guess what? They had heard plenty about this Jesus, this Lamb of God. Verse 36, he says, look, it's the Lamb of God. The disciples see that, and they immediately understand who we're talking about. And so verse 37, they follow. Verse 38, they say, Rabbi, where are you staying? Verse 41, they go to others and they say, this is the Messiah. Verse 45, in the next story, this is the one that Moses wrote about. Verse 49, this is the Son of God. These people knew who Jesus was. And so discipleship starts with knowing Jesus. And once we understand that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's not just another good guy, that he's not just a good teacher, that he's not just a prophet, that this is the Messiah, this is the Lamb of God, this is the Son of God. Once we understand that, that leads us to our second thing. There's no other choice than to follow him. So the disciples, they see the Lamb of God and they say, we got to follow that guy. Now, this following has, has a couple different connotations. There's the first following where, where John the Baptist says, look, it, behold, the Lamb of God. And the disciples say, say wow, okay, we're going to follow him. And so they start following him after. Because the reality is this, even if you know about Jesus as you follow him, as you start to walk with him, you will know him more and more. And so the second thing that we do is we choose to follow. Now, what do you think of when I say the word follow? Someone go ahead and say it. What do you think of when I say follow? Anyone? You know what I think of? I think of social media. I think of following each other. Like, that's what we do, right? We follow someone. And, and, and so when I think of following, that's kind of what comes to my mind. That's not what I'm talking about here. When we say to know Jesus and then to follow him, what we're talking about here is to walk with him 
to be with him, to choose to follow him every day. So this is what happened. They saw the Lamb of God. They followed behind him to know him more. And then as they followed him, they made a decision to walk with him. And eventually these disciples gave up everything, walked away from everything to follow Jesus every single day. They followed him. So number one, we know him. Number two, we follow him. And today, I want you to understand that we are invited to come and see what Jesus is all about, but then we are invited to follow him. I'm not saying you got to quit your job. I'm not saying you've got to sell everything you have. What I'm saying is this. You need to choose to walk with Jesus, to know him more, to follow him, and to see what he's doing in this world. So number two, we follow him. Now, there are a lot of people in our world that think that following Jesus is a boring thing. There are a lot of people, I have friends, who don't want to come to church. They won't tell me this, but they don't want to come to church because they think following Jesus is boring. And then if they do that, they're going to miss out on all of this stuff that the world has for them. I got to take a second to show you this. These were fishermen. Have any of you love fishing? All right, allow me to offend you for a minute. It's boring, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, these are fishermen. And listen, I'm sure they would have had some great days on the boat. I mean, fishing's fine. I, I like it. I just don't like worms and all that stuff. But, but Jesus calls them to follow him. They drop fishing. Think about all the things that these disciples experienced following Jesus. There is nothing boring about following Jesus. They saw lame people healed to get up and walk. They saw blind people healed to see. They saw people raised from the dead. They saw demons cast out. There is nothing boring about following Jesus. And so we're called to know him and then we're called to follow him. And I just want to say this, if the hangup is you think you're going to miss out on something, you're going to miss out on something a lot better because God has something so great for each and every one of us. And if we'll follow him, we'll experience it. I, man, when, when Teresa was sharing that, how has God been good? I could tell you story after story after story, not just of God's goodness, but of just the places that following God has taken me. And I've been places that I never would have been on my own. And so we know Jesus and then we follow. And I want to make this clear. Those things kind of go back and forth. We, as we follow him, we know him more. And we choose to follow him more. The third thing we do is this. We are transformed being a disciple of Jesus means that we will be transformed. We see this in verse 42. They bring Simon, son of John, to Jesus, and Jesus says, you will now be called Cephas, which means Peter. And so, so Simon, son of John, is transformed in name there. Now, I don't think in that moment he was transformed completely into somebody different, but, but what's happening here is Jesus is saying, I'm going to transform you into something different, something better, something good. And so, so these men, these average fishermen, they're transformed. In fact, one of my favorite things, something that just blows my mind every time, is if you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
and you look at the characteristics that you see in these disciples, and you make a list, and then you go read the book of Acts, after Jesus commissions them and the Holy Spirit fills them, you will see that they are radically changed men. They go from cowards that run from things to men that will ultimately give their lives to build God's kingdom. They go from selfish people who argue over who gets to sit closest to Jesus or at his right hand to people who just want to serve. They are radically transformed. They go from fishermen to preachers to people that change the world. We know him. We follow him. We're transformed by him. God loves us as we are. Listen, if you are new to this whole thing, I want you to know today, you don't have to be perfect to be loved by God. God loves us as we are, but God loves us way too much to leave us as we are. God has better for us, and so God transforms us, and so they become more and more like Jesus. And then the fourth thing, They get in the game. They serve. One of the things you'll notice as you read the Gospels is that at first, the disciples follow. They know Jesus more. They're seeing what's happening. But the longer they're following Jesus, the more that he calls them into the action. And he starts saying things like, go get this. Go do this. And and they start to become a part of the action. And they serve. As we are discipled, we are called to get into the action of what God is doing in the world around us. Alan Hirsch says this, more is at stake in discipleship than our own personal salvation. The gospel cannot be limited to being about my personal healing and holiness, but rather it extends in and through my salvation to the salvation of the world. Listen, I a lot of times we come to church and we are coming to worship, we're coming to a you know, a sanctuary to gather together. I want you to understand something today. What God is doing is so much more than just healing us and making us better people. God is transforming the world around us, this community, our country, our world. And God wants us, as he's transforming us, to get in the game and to be a part of it. And these disciples who were everyday average fishermen all of a sudden are a part of the healing and a part of the feeding and a part of the transforming of the world around them. So today I want to call you to get in the game. Far too many Christians are content just knowing about Jesus, knowing about God. Far too many Christians are content to just come and sit and sing and then go home and live our lives without truly following Jesus. Today, I don't want you to miss the biggest thing that's happening. The Super Bowl's great, have a great time watching it, I will. But I don't want you to miss the calling that God has put on your life, that God has created you for that you are to be transformed as you follow him and you are to be a part of redeeming this world around you. Listen, I I know this can be a big thought and some of us are thinking, man, they dropped everything and they walked. I don't know if I can do that. This is what we wanna ask you to do today. The church and the leadership are all about providing you every opportunity to grow and become more like Jesus. And so today we're gonna launch a campaign 
our challenge. And starting today, going for the next 14 days, we're going to ask you to take, play, take part in a discipleship challenge. And what you're going to find from this is this is not some huge mega thing that you have to do. These are small things that you can do to know Jesus, to follow Jesus, to be transformed, and to get in the game and serve. So we're going to watch a video here in a minute, and I want you to take note of what this is asking, and I'm, I want to ask you as you watch this video just to commit. There, there's so, such a huge thing going on here that you will be a disciple of Christ. Let's watch this video. Jesus and the disciples spent a portion of their day each day engaging with people on a spiritual level. They healed physical ailments and opened blind eyes. They set people free from strongholds of darkness. They met physical needs and ate meals with the lost. The good news is ordinary people like you and I have many of the same opportunities to the people around us. Discipleship comes in many forms and each of us are equipped to do this. When we get intentional about connecting with people in deeper ways, we will find that God has already gone before us to prepare the hearts of people. Knowing God has gone before us gives us confidence to engage people at a spiritual level. We have the ability to share the great gifts that God provides to us. We can share joy, love, hope, trust instead of fear, and peace over anxiety. We also help others to have their own conversations with God. This is discipleship. Not only do we have the ability to do these things, but we're given the command in scripture to go and make disciples. When we find someone who is open to God, they're simply waiting for the opportunity to walk with others in their new life. You're probably wondering, but how can I be a part of this? We wanna invite you to join us for our Love One Another 14-Day Discipleship Challenge. The 14-Day Journey is an opportunity to walk by faith knowing that God has already gone before you. The day-to-day -day journey will encourage you to recognize the people around you and live intentionally for Christ. Are you willing? Are you ready? And are you up for the challenge? We will live out the Discipleship Challenge as a community of brothers and sisters. We'll encourage one another, pray for one another, We'll share stories of victory. We'll share stories of rejection and even hardship. We will grow in our relationship with Christ as the Holy Spirit leads us. Our eyes will be opened in greater ways to God's love and faithfulness in our lives and in the lives of others. How does it work? Well, starting today through February 20th, we'll post a short video discipleship challenge in the WCN Church Online Group on Facebook. Each daily challenge can be completed in just a few minutes and can be modified to fit you or your family. Because we want to share with each other the interactions and experiences you had, once you complete the daily challenge, reply in the chat with a check mark and share your experience that you've completed. This helps us all to grow and know who is taking this challenge with us. If you're not on social media, that's okay. Grab a schedule of the challenges in the North Foyer at the Welcome Station. Additional directions on how to get involved are listed on that handout. What if you miss a day? That's okay too. Just start with us on whatever day you rejoin and loop back around after the challenge for any days you missed. 
This is an opportunity not just for us to reach others, but fully embrace and live out our vision at Westchester Nazarene Church to grow upward, outward, and forward. Let's go and love one another. Today's the big game, and I'm not talking about the Super Bowl. I'm talking about what God is doing to transform this world, and I want to invite you, we want to invite you to get in the game, to be a disciple of Jesus, and and this, listen, this is the next step. It's simple. It's easy. All you need to do is be a part of this. Just do something every day, and as you do that, you will know Jesus more, you will follow him, you will be transformed and you'll serve your community. If, if you're not a part of our um, social media or Facebook group, you can join at wcn.church join. And also, if you're not on social media, we understand not everyone is, there are copies out here in the North Foyer. But this is what we wanna ask you to do. Just get in the game. Don't miss the opportunity to not only see, but to be a part of God transforming this community and this world. I'm gonna pray for us, and after I pray, I want you to go, and I want you to make disciples, I want you to be disciples. God, we love you today. I thank you for a great opportunity to come together and sing your praises. I thank you for the wonderful worship experience we've had together as we, as we praised your name. I thank you for your word, I thank you for the guide that it is for us, and I thank you just for this family and this body that you have drawn us into, and I thank you for each person here But Lord, I pray that you would call us deeper than just attendance. I pray that you would call us deeper than just spectating, but that we would get in the game and we would follow you with everything we have. Lord, you know what's best for us and you have so much for us and you want to do so much through us. And so Lord, my prayer is that each and every one of us will say yes to be your disciple that you'll continue to transform us and change us and that you'll continue to make us into who you created us to be and call us to be. Now go with us. Help us to love each other. Help us to serve each other. Help us to become more like you today. In Jesus' name, amen.